Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. Hello. It's... Uh, what did I? Uh, what did I say last time? Hello, welcome, one and all. Oh, yes. Time again for the Feeney call or something. Something like that. to that effect. But yes. <laughs> all right. If you're here, you know what's happening. We're talking about season three Hopefully. episode. What <laughs> one would hope? Uh, season three episode sixteen. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I does he? I, I, is he pausing no, for dramatic no. effect? I uh... no, I just couldn't remember the number, and I wasn't looking at it. I was like, 14, 15? Shit, what is? Uh, episode sixteen. Stormy weather. Stormy weather. A good one. It is a, a good classic. One. You know, it's funny. I did not remember the B plot of this episode prior to starting it at all. But the second it started, I went, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We at least I I in my mind. I think I said that we don't see Dana again until the Lonely Hearts Club thing with Sean. Yeah. When they when they beat him up, and that was incorrect. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> she is in this one. Sorry, before we get too much into it, I'll do the recap. Okay, All right. great. I'll leave you to it. <laughs> Eric's taking his internship really seriously, but he keeps on skipping and missing classes in order to get it done. Uh, Alan gets mad at him, and Feeney tells him he might not graduate if he doesn't take it seriously. Uh, he has to sub in for the weatherman and he has a great time doing it and officially drops out of school after a big fight with Alan and Amy. And then he gets fired from the internship because he's not a student anymore. And he realizes that he made a mistake. He needs to go back to school. Meanwhile, Sean and Dana are dating and Turner starts to date Dana's mom. Uh, and it gets weird. And then they, that's kind of it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. You, that's you the got all plot in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great one. It's a good episode. Corey has like four lines, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Uh, what a what a wonderful like two weeks of filming this must have been, right? For him to just kind of like kick back and be like, give me my laugh lines and not right? <laughs> otherwise I'm out. <laughs> you know? He found his mitten. Did you notice? He did. He did find his mitten. He, found he had his both mitten. mittens. I was so um, yeah. So this him. is kind of kind of a, I guess this is a, like I didn't, I don't know. I never really thought about it, but this is really like a two parter. It kind of um, is. Yes. In that episode 15, 16 are like a two-parter where they, the the A plots and B plots like switch, switch yeah. status level with each one, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Uh, and then, you know, just like, I don't know that that's something I would have ever uh, realized if we weren't going through it the way that we are. I, um, I, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. And we were kind of, you said before, like, we were like, oh, well, Dana doesn't show up again until blah, blah, blah. And she's right here in this episode. And we both totally mm-hmm. forgot because... It yep. doesn't feel, yeah, it seems like, I forget that the A, the part of the A-plot happens in the last episode of this, or I should say, right. this A-plot happens in the last episode, and I forgot that we see Dana again in this episode, so A-plot bleeds yeah. into B-plot in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because the A-plot of both last episode and this episode are both so strong and memorable mm-hmm. that I, like, block the B-plot from each episode's out of my memory, I think. Right, um, yeah. And this episode also basically answers the question of like why Sean and Dana stopped seeing each other. That by the end of it, it seems like a mutual thing, you know. Yes. <laughs> that it's going to be too weird, and so it makes it it makes her reappearance later in the Lonely Hearts even weirder. Actually, I think it's probably because where they both see- saw that it was probably time to end it, maybe. 
I think mm-hmm. maybe Sean just handled it poorly, which is why she's all pissed. I forget when we get there, we can obviously dissect it further. Cause I forget specifically what she says. He just stopped calling or something like that. I don't remember that's what specifically. I, that's, so. In my memory, she says something like that, but this episode leads us to believe that they're both weirded out because Turner keeps dating her relatives. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which I, Anywho. I don't understand that at all. It's he's not related to Turner. Right, right. So Turner and John have no problem? no relation. I know. And that's it makes it all the funnier that Sean's like, we're sisters, cousins. Right. <laughs> and so you are not related. We're not even related to him. <laughs> well, and it's so funny uh, because it proves in, in a kind of sick and dark, twisted way, it proves how little faith Sean has in his dad to come back for him. That he's like, mm, well, I'm Turner's yeah. now. I'm Turner's child. Yeah. No, I was about to kind of comment on that too. That- yeah. It, it and it, like it's played for laughs, but it also says a lot about how Sean has accepted Turner to be his dad. Yep. Now. <laughs> oh, on the subject of Dana, <laughs> uh, my trivia for today is actually about Dana. So the character Dana Pruitt was a tribute to the actress Dana Price, who was a mm. fan of the show, and she would go visit the set, and she also had two guest appearances in later seasons. Huh. So she was based off of uh, Dana Pruitt. Was off of Dana Price. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Megan, what did you learn? Well, this one felt pretty plot driven to me. So it was kind of hard to derive a clear cut lesson from it. And the lesson that I did derive was a little generic, I feel. But it's it's kind of a lesson of things in life aren't going to be handed to you. And you need to put in the time and effort to reap the benefits of whatever you're, you know, working towards. Because one of my biggest complaints about how Alan and Amy and Feeney handle the situation is that they don't, they don't give Eric kind of that light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, well, this is, this is just a taste of what life is going to be like for you after you graduate high school and or graduate college. And then you can go work in the TV station full time or even a bigger TV station, or you can go on to be an actual journalist instead of just the weatherman and like all of this stuff. I feel like they should have given him like, this is what it's, this is just a bite of what the future holds for you. And I think that Eric, it lets it just, he's like, this is as good as it gets. And so that's when he decides to quit school. But then Mm -hmm. of course, He's 18. Of course, he's not going to just be handed this job, especially after an unpaid internship. And I think that he just gets so disillusioned because and this I mean, I'm I'm veering just a little bit. But I think having his life the way that it has been being a, a white kid from a middle class family where he was probably handed his job at his father's grocery store and he's been handed most things in his life. It's just something that people from privilege expect things to be handed to you. And I think that this is just Eric's lesson. And then we can all learn that we can't just expect things to fall into our laps. We need to put in the time and effort and work for it. Mm-hmm. I I think it's really interesting that that's what you derived from. I mean, I disagree a little bit with the, with your, your statement of the plot heaviness of the episode, making it a little harder to, pull something out of it in that I struggled to decide which (laughs) thing to pull out of it (laughs) because I felt like there were so many individual little things we could and like what what you've brought up is one of those things in my mind it's not what I expected you to 
centrate on though. What I expected uh, you to centrate on was something else I kind of picked up with this that had a lot to do with like generational uh, impact and okay. this relationship Alan had to his father and how he, uh, you know, the, the old, old adage of like sins of the father and sins of the son kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. Alan and the story he tells to Eric when he didn't go to college and just went straight to the Navy and his dad reacted much the same way Alan found himself to be reacting to Eric. Mm-hmm. What I, what I think has a lot to be derived from there is this idea that like you do not have to be your parent, like from, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from either perspective, you know, the, the adult in that situation gets to say like, Oh, I don't have to be the way my dad was like, he did this mm-hmm. and this is what would make me feel. And here I am still standing. So I don't, like have to do that and then similarly on the other side of that it's this this idea that like you're now i lost my train of thought <laughs> um, like the sun well, I, I think be, there's you don't have to choose the same yeah i think i think there's just a lot with that with the the idea of that that whole generational thing right because we're, we're we we get glimpsed into alan's life and how his some of his choices made for any number of difficult things and and he wants better for his kids is constantly on his motivation and and i think this is a big part of that in that he immediately comes down angry because he feels like he's been giving Mm -hmm. everything he can to his kids and now eric's squandering it instead of pivoting on it is kind of what's happening i don't i mean I, i say pivoting I don't believe anybody should drop out of high school. I don't no. think everybody needs to go to college, but I do think everybody needs to finish high school. Correct. And I think that anybody who doesn't finish high school is more, it's not their failure so much as it is the, their support system mm-hmm. around them, either agree. the education system or the home life. Yeah. Because I, 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 I don't, yeah, I don't blame a 15 year old for not finishing college, uh, not finishing high school. I blame their teachers and their parents and their neighborhood and 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 their government yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, everyone else failed that kid it was not their job to finish it it was everyone around them to help them finish it yeah which i think is kind of like you know i i that's in my mind what what i what alan is so upset about i think he sees it as his own failure and so i think what a what a big lesson i take away from alan's outburst would be this idea that like he's feeling and projecting this perceived failure Mm -hmm. of his ability to parent and father um and he and he lashes out with that and then i think his apology to eric is really like his accepting that like reconciling with that you know and 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 the interesting thing when he comes out of that station like one he doesn't know that eric's lost the job yeah you know like he he's coming down there prior to that information happening i don't know he comes down there in support Mm -hmm. in, in a nice and positive way and has a greater ability for dialogue, I guess. I definitely, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just mumbling. Finish up. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I definitely agree. I think the reason that that didn't even cross my mind is because we've crossed this bridge already before with Alan and Eric, when Eric was like, I'm going to be a model. And so Uh it's, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, then Alan doesn't believe that he can. And then Eric shows him that he can, but then it turns out to not be it. And it's like, we've seen this before. And so I think that, that, that's kind of why I didn't get that is because I just completely like tuned that out and I probably shouldn't have done that. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Because this one's way more important than the modeling one. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I think this is a difficult episode for me with, with Feeney because Mm -hmm. I want, I want to say Feeney does everything right. 
and yet I also wish he did more. Yes. But but I also recognize like it's I don't know it's such a weird relationship you know like if he weren't their next door neighbor and and this character if he were just their teacher like I don't you know in many respects I I think that like a teacher needs to get involved in their students' lives and know about them but at the same time Feeney directly like bringing information to his parents and hoping that like the family unit can resolve the issue yeah. is is what I think is the correct right like right direction in that way and like. Especially since he knows, be, the I don't, I don't know. As well as he does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't like. I part of me wants to say like I wish Feeney did more, but like I don't know what the more is. The only more that I can think of is just I again. I wish they had talked to Eric and been like, "This is what life could look like for you if you applied yourself and went to school." And you know, I wish that there were a light at the end of the tunnel. Right now, they're just like finished high school that's the only important thing right now done like period and it's like no you have mm-hmm. to you have to show him that this is possible that he doesn't need to be putting like yes he should be putting in the work and time in this internship because it's important especially for his resume but at the same time you have to tie that in with motivation to get him through his responsibilities before he can get there and no one is doing that for him that's true. No one, no one lays out the why he needs. Correct. To and school. so that's, I think, my biggest complaint with Feeney is just I think that he needs mm-hmm. to say, yes, this internship is important, but it's it's a building block instead of the end all be all. This is not the end all be all mm-hmm. for you. And I think mm-hmm. Eric really thinks that it is, especially once he gets once he starts filling in as the weatherman. Yeah, and you know what? The other thing I think, actually, now that we've talked through this a little bit, I I do think of something else, Feeney could have possibly done and that has gone and talked to the station manager Mm -hmm. and been like hey i don't know if you're actually like requiring him to be here (laughs) this often but like it's too much so like this is a partnered internship related to our school and your station so yeah yeah the the agreement there is one that was being mismanaged though it doesn't seem that eric was actually being required to be there as often as he is and that he has been volunteering himself to mm-hmm. be there as much as which he is. is still uh, kind of wild to me because i i think the station manager should have been like dude why are like he knows this is for students and he knows you have to be a student in order right to get and he this knows internship. he isn't so he's like right it's not like a mystery what hours of the day right? school <laughs> like, he's like, why? he should be like why aren't you in school or like hey eric take the like even if they wanted extra time from him, they still should have been like, all right, come bring us our coffee, get the station set up, head to school. We'll see you at five 30, like whatever, you know, it yeah. should have been, yeah. there should have been more of like a strict timetable. And if they were seeing Eric in the studio, other than that, they should have been like, dude, what are you doing? Get to school. It's mm-hmm. just like such a, I agree. So many people did Eric wrong in this episode. It's true. He, he does get misserved in a lot of ways. And I don't, I wonder if I would have felt that way when I watched this when I was younger. Right. If I would have felt like the adults around him were the ones failing him versus, I don't know. I don't know how I would have felt about it if I had thought as critically about it before as I am now. That's kind of the fun part of watching it as an adult, because when you're a kid, you automatically, (laughs) there's so many things, especially in the later episodes, I feel like I'm going to take the adult side, whereas a kid, I was like, let them do what they want. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, you're just 18. Stop being stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, God. Where are we going to be? Right. Man, it happened. (laughs) Yeah. 
it does happen. Shit. We're growing right. up. I did. I did go down like a weird rabbit hole the other night. Oh boy. Um, I, I was up. I couldn't fall asleep. I was really struggling, so I just kind of was browsing on my computer, and I was just like thinking a lot about high school, and I don't know. I, I was like trying to really actively recall some memories mm-hmm. that that felt more genuine because like. I find myself struggling to like genuinely remember things, I guess, from high school. I don't that's know. Fair. Not, not even, I don't know. That, that's just like how I, how I either did or didn't make like different choices and things like that, that I made. And, and um, I feel, I feel like such a different human from who I was oh, in high yeah. school. It feels like it's becoming like infinitely harder and harder to like, remember not only the, the actual events as they proceeded, but like mm-hmm. how I, how I perceived them yep. then even still, you know, and, and which again gives me pause to consider like, Oh shit. When I'm an adult and I, when I'm, <laughs> when, I'm a, when I'm a grown up and, uh, yep. <laughs> and, and have kids in high school at that point, I'm, I'm absolutely going to struggle to remember what the fuck it's of like. Course. Cause that's, I think a huge part of this, like Alan and Amy, I think are, they're reacting in, reasonable ways mm-hmm. or for the adults in the room because it is so tremendously difficult to remember how your mind operates at that yeah. age one of my least favorite things that adults say is like well i was your age at one point and or i was 13 once and i'm like okay yes you were but it was a completely different time then and also you have grown and evolved and your brain has developed since then and so it's hard to go back to that mindset yeah and, and you can't re- start thinking like an idiot. yeah like you can't <laughs> it's hard to devolve your brain with all of the life experience and knowledge you possess after you know however many years of being an adult so it's just one of those things that i hate it when adults say stuff like that i know and i'm probably gonna yeah. fucking do it when i <laughs> you know i'm sure when I have some kids one day, I'm going to fucking say, like, well, I was your age. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know what? Just talk to your therapist about it. I'm not going to. I don't I don't understand what it's like anymore. I'm too old. I'm going to fuck that up. I know that's, it. That's part of your job as a parent is to just mess up your kids as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the responsibility. It's true. It's as true. far as the B plot goes, I did pull something from that i think this might be the first time okay. we've ever heard sean say that he has a girlfriend mm, he does call her his girlfriend his girlfriend yeah mm-hmm. i think this might be the first That's time exciting. so that was kind of exciting mm-hmm. i love their relationship in this I episode do too. it it like it's it's cute it's fun it's exactly what i think two 15 year olds like relationship should look like yes. they hang out they they sneak around and make out a little bit but they like talk and I don't know. Yeah. It checks all the boxes for me, at least what we're It sharing. does. I almost wish this makes me almost wish that Dana stuck around for longer and that she was in the picture for longer, especially since Corey's single right now. So we don't have any like relationship ongoings on. They're not like beating us over the head with anything. So it's nice to have Sean in this kind of refreshing, fun relationship in the background. So I, I kind of wish they had sustained it for a little bit longer I get why they didn't because, you know, it's Sean and then we have to shift focus now at the end of the season to go back to Corey and Topanga. No, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I really enjoy the beat plot a lot. I think it's funny. I think it's great. And I think it's a, a wonderful wrap to this two episode arc. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's I think this might be I don't know. Is this is this the first time we've had in the series a an arc that continues past the single episode? I don't think excluding it- like 
Coriander Tanga dating. I don't think it is, but I think I'm trying. I'm trying to think about when we did have one because I'm pretty sure I've heard you say those words before. I'm having like, <laughs> I'm having like a little deja vu about that. But I, I think Desiree was on for two episodes. I don't know if that counts. Gross. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> we don't have to count it, but we can. This feels like the the first time though, where I don't know. It's really like a two part episode in that both A and B plots are immediately continued in the next episode, which we get a few more. You know, like the there's the long walk to yep. Philadelphia. That's Pittsburgh. two parts. You know, we, they we live got other in Philadelphia. <laughs> 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 we get some other ones, I guess. But th- I don't know. This feels maybe like it is the first like direct story to plot rather than just recurring characters and stuff yeah 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 yeah. you could be right about that i'd have to go back and check all of my notes and and look at all the episodes but i'm not going to do that right now (laughs) no so we can just do some housekeeping if uh if it's wrong yeah 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 yeah. that's fine some some little notes i'd love to hit on and, and talk about briefly if we feel kind of comfortable with the, the primary discussion. Oh yeah. So first Feeney is teaching and he says, so Lincoln freed the slaves for political as well as moral reasons. Yep. No uh, false. And yes. almost entirely political. <laughs> almost 100% political. Yes. Uh, which again tracks uh, with, I'm super, super interested in really pursuing the rabbit hole how history in our schools is taught. Here's something interesting for all you fun little history buffs out there or anybody who might be enrolling in AP US history in the coming year. Hmm? Through my like preliminary research and, and, and learning about this, I've discovered two primary motivating factors behind the specifically AP US history curriculum mm-hmm. in the country and the way that those textbooks present American history. One, textbooks and textbook publishing and authorship is a completely for-profit industry mm-hmm. uh, and and has no responsibility to <laughs> do anything other than turn a profit. And the way in which they turn a profit is by getting school boards to adapt or not adapt, to adopt their textbook and choose it as the textbook for the schools they represent. Yes. Now, many states do not unilaterally adopt textbooks. A mm-hmm. few states do. Texas is one state that unilaterally adopts textbooks. Mm. Every school in the state of Texas adopts this textbook from that the board approves. Texas is also the second most populous state in the country mm-hmm. and one of the highest purchasers of textbooks in the country. Yes. And so what that means is if you are a publisher you will not publish a textbook that can't be sold in the state of Texas. Sure. And so what that has led to history textbooks basically get strong armed by the state of Texas to ensure that they are presented in a manner that Texas finds palatable. Of course. Number two, that's why you're, that's why all of your civil war (laughs) history in your textbook is fucked up and it's about states rights, quote unquote. And I'll ask you again, a state's right to what? <laughs> Own slaves. slaves. To enslave people. 
that's what the state's right problem was. <laughs> um, anytime someone says the Civil War was about states' rights, ask them which right. Yep. <laughs> um, and then number two, this is specifically related to AP US history. If you research the most popular and commonly used AP US history textbooks, what you will find as many of their taglines and descriptions state is that they are most closely aligned with the current structure of the AP test, guaranteed to ensure your student's success on the AP test, and, and so on and so forth. Basically letting you know that this book is tailored so that your student will succeed on the AP test. Now, who makes the AP test? College Board, makers of the SAT. Mm-hmm. College Board, again, completely for-profit test makers, have no interest in your actual education, are simply interest in getting money out of tests and using test metrics to get more money. Yep. And now, because of the importance everyone has placed on standardized tests, Ugh. your textbook is not being written for your own information, knowledge, and betterment. It is being written so that you can pass the test. Mm-hmm. Therefore, whoever decides what's on the test inadvertently decides what's in the textbook. Yeah. And so if College Board does not place importance on something then your textbook will not place importance on something. Mm -hmm. So Texas and College Board are the two primary motivating factors for your AP US history textbook and how history is presented and what gets focused on. Great. Basically, when Feeney said this, I was like, yep, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the and and I don't think that Feeney, he's not saying that because he's trying to cover some shit up. Yeah, no, that's what the book says. That's what he learned. Yep. Yeah, that's entirely. what we have packaged it to be. Correct. And so I don't blame him individually oh, for no. that. The, the um, funniest thing about that is you just like had one note and it was a very good, well thought out note. And my <laughs> note that I was going to say is why doesn't Corey zip up his coat before he leaves the house? <laughs> <laughs> that's my note. <laughs> I've got I've got silly notes coming up. That was my first one because it was like he said it and I was like, oh, we're taking notes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I've got a couple of silly that. notes. That's my only like a big serious ass note. The rest <laughs> of these are things like that. Oh, good. Uh, I don't feel as bad then. Why does not? Why doesn't Corey, Corey zip up his it? coat in a blizzard? I know. I know. What an idiot. He's like Let's complaining about how cold it is. And he doesn't even he's not even whatever. Anyway. Well, you know what? You know what? I took issue when they showed us the weather and it said the high was like 29 and the low was 15. I was like, you're fine. Right? Exactly. <laughs> That's, I was like, it could be worse. Yep. Oh, so much worse. They have no idea. Tell, tell me when you got the polar vortex. Those Californians. <laughs> you know what my next note is? What? Beepers are fucking loud. Yes. Uh, Eric's beeper goes off. And I was like, God, it's piercing. <laughs> and I don't know if that was like just the way that the audio is mixed for this episode. But I noticed it, too. We were watching Fresh Prince. And there's an episode where Will... Like has this has a beeper and it's like a big thing between him and Uncle Phil and it's mm-hmm. fucking loud yeah. just like this one. I, I, like, oh, I God, mean, how annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were born right at the tail end of beepers, so I honestly don't oh, yeah. think that I I don't even remember my parents having a beeper, but yeah. No, me neither. I, I I've never been exposed to a beeper in real life, but fuck me, I, I, if right? they were that like, why would you want it if it was really that loud? Right. <laughs> Let's see. My next note. Eli's suit doesn't fit him for shit. Oh, no. Absolutely Eli not. is swimming in that grace. Yeah. <laughs> it's so big on him. I was like, this is this is like a thin, good-looking guy. 
why are you dressing him so poorly? I, that's such a thing with men specifically. I feel like they wear clothes that are too big for them all the time. I was watching an episode mm. of Breaking Bad and Walter was wearing a shirt. And I was like, see, that's not that's not a bad pattern. It's not a bad color. Why do I hate that shirt on him? And it's because yeah. it was too big. It's so big. I don't so know big. why men yeah. wear clothes that's way too big that are. Yeah. No, anyway, Eli's suit is so fucking big. It's probably on him. carried over from 90s fashion because all I feel <sighs> like anytime I see a guy on this show, he's always in clothes that are too big for him. Yeah. I, I'm going to blame well, the yeah, 90s. Got this big shoulder pads. And yeah. It sucks. It's dumb. He's too good looking for that garbage suit. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he would appreciate you saying that. <laughs> he's just like, he's a thin guy. He's yeah. tall. He's skinny. And he's the suit. Like, you can put another person in that jacket. Yeah. And then my next note Morgan is a bitch in this she episode. Is. Yeah. <laughs> she is stone cold at the breakfast table. I can't believe I'm going to have a brother's a high school dropout. Right. And then Corey. Corey also tiptoes into bitch territory, shaming uh, presumably a, a, a houseless person. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, but the two of them sitting there talking shit, I'm like, wow, y'all, y'all are mean. I know. <laughs> I feel like now that Morgan is back, they're trying to give her, they're trying to like start inserting more of this like little antagonizing sister personality. And it's just uh-huh. coming off as really mean. She's like, I don't need a new toy chest. I can just store my toys in his head. I'm like, no, I everything never- she says say that first Start of all to finish say me. that to my brother but also uh, my parents would be like oh you do not say that to your brother you apologize i know right i'm never gonna jump that. on that shit hopefully uh, she gets those were my those are my little show. comedy notes oh, you know good. i spent 10 minutes ranting about the u.s history curriculum but then five minutes talking about the laughs ha 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 because <laughs> <laughs> that's what this show ultimately is is a comedy believe it or not it is indeed despite the way i often talk about and it and despite it the is very serious moments comedy. while we're talking about little notes i definitely like feel i'm like whatever sean's not related to turner it's totally fine if if he is dating dana's mom whatever i think they need to be you know obviously more mature about that and and need to realize that that's not there. It's not going to connect them in any way, shape or form. But how awkward is it that Dana has to watch her mom hit on a guy like right in front of her? That just, yeah, that, does. that just seems like that would be, I would be so uncomfortable with that. I'm just like, I don't want to watch this unfold. I just am uncomfortable. <laughs> so that's so she weird. Is her own woman and she's entitled to flirt. Damn it. That's fair. That's fair. But when you're, you know, 16, you can't really see that. For sure. It's uncomfortable <laughs> for Dana in every capacity. Yep. I say go for it. <laughs> also, 20,000 words. He wrote 20,000 oh words. Oh, my God. That's, like, not even humanly possible if you're in, like, what, two nights? One night? I feel uh, like we're I allowed to know. believe it's this one night. I cannot believe that. That's just, that's... That's listen, we suspend disbelief a lot in the show, but my goodness, that's according, according to wordcounter.net, 20,000 words, uh, would be 40 pages, single space. Oh my. Yeah. Approximately. I had to write when I was in APOS history, I had to write 2000 words on world war two and that was our final project. And it, we were given a month for it. 2000 mm. words so 20 according to wordcounter.io 2000 words would be about four pages single spaced single or eight sp- pages double spaced. i was gonna say it was 
I think I ended up being 12 pages that included a cover page and it was double space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That tracks. I remember writing in the ballpark of 2000 word essays and, and such. Mm-hmm. Who was your MVP? Yeah, this is hard. Yes. I've been thinking about it and I, I, mm, <laughs> this is tough. Do you have one already picked? I do, but I was going to kind of base mine around yours. <laughs> so okay, I can go okay. first I if think... you want me to. No, 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 no. I can do this. I can do this. Just have to think really critically about it. If I'm being, you know, like I, I finished the episode like 10 minutes before we started recording. Yeah. So I haven't, I guess, fully processed who would be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Maybe Amy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Amy. Mm-hmm. Could be. But I've already shit on how the adults fail Eric. Yeah. But I don't really think it's Eric. Yeah. Maybe it is. He does end up kind of learning his own lesson. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't know. Yeah, who is it? Who do you think? <laughs> I picked Amy just because yeah. I think the adults do fail Eric, but she's the one she's the one who's willing to put aside her anger to still say happy birthday to him. And I feel like there mm-hmm. is a conversation that happens behind the scenes with her and Alan that causes Alan to go to the studio. And to make up yeah. with Eric, because I feel I feel like while Alan might seem like a very obvious choice, because he is the one arguably that learns the lesson with Eric. I think uh-huh. Amy is the one behind the scenes making all of those things happen. So I think it's a great I point. And I, I'm going to I'm going to second you and go with Amy, because it was the only one that I felt as I was just reasoning this out in real time somewhat confident about yes. and your point that she's probably the one that convinced Alan to go there and talk to him mm-hmm. is is likely true so I'm gonna go with with Amy as well yeah she seems like the we could pick like a a ringer like Corey or something like when you <laughs> picked Ubaldo but mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the same time I think that she uh, while she does kind of fail Eric if all the adults are on an equal playing field, I think she shines amongst them. I agree. So. I agree. Amy gets she it. She is a woman among men. <laughs> and this fucking show? <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those. that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Okay. Well, let's put a wrap on this bitch then. Great. And a little bow. All right. Do you want to plug the things? I feel like I keep plugging sure. the things. Sure. So we're all over Go the ahead. internet. We're on Instagram at the Feeny Call podcast and Twitter and Facebook at Feeny Call. Um, you can leave us a voicemail. There's a link in the uh, in our bio on Instagram. I usually put a link in a description of the episode, so go check the description out. But that's yeah, email us feenycallpodcast at gmail.com. That's pretty much it. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. A lot of people uh, are sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing because, you know, quarantine. So if they're doing a Boy Meets World rewatch, then tell them to uh, also check us out. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. We appreciate it. We're getting into some really good, good, fun episodes mm-hmm. that I've really been enjoying lately. Nice, nice couple of arcs here. Excited to keep going. Yeah. We're approaching season four, which Woo-hoo! top notch, you know? Yes. Disney World. Oh, I was gonna can't say, wait for Disney World. Season four and five might be my two favorite seasons. Maybe six. They're, I don't they're... know. It's so hard. I, I'm inclined to say that five and six are my favorites. Mm-hmm. Four, four's got a lot of good, good shit for it, you know? I just love Eric so much more in season four, I think. I dislike Eric mm-hmm. the more the show goes on, which is why I lean towards mm-hmm. the earlier 
but I think we can both agree yeah. that five, that season five. Five's a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Eric is definitely less enjoyable in six and seven. He's, I mean, he's he's a he's a great clown mm-hmm. in six and seven, but it's a little disappointing. It's a little bit of a letdown from shit like this, you know? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah. We appreciate it so much. Come back and hear us again next week. We'll be here. Uh, we'll be here if you are or are not. Either way, we'll be here. Yeah. All right, stay safe out there, y'all. Mm-hmm. Class dismissed.